0: Welcome to Mean Age Daydream, glory holers and glorier holier than thou. Glory holier than thou. I like that phrase. I'm going to start bringing it into the lexicon. Those of you who are too good to take part in the glory that is holing. Anyway, welcome to the show, guys. I am always Brian McWilliams. Until I change the name or until somebody else takes it from me, Highlander style, I am your host here, and I'd like to welcome you to the show. Now, today's show a lot of this strikes close to home for me, right? Because as you know, I live in California. I live in Los Angeles, California. And there's been a couple things going through the old news cycle here involving Gavin Newsom, involving homelessness. Two of things, two of the, the, I'd say the top two things that really I, I think I hate in life more than almost anything are homeless, <laughs> the homeless population in Los Angeles and Gavin Newsom. And they happen to be coinciding in a beautiful bout of hypocrisy, stupidity, and blatant government failures. Uh, And I can't can't even call them failures. Intentional uh, slummery is probably the best way I can describe it. So let me explain to you what I mean by these things. Now, first things first. Right now in Los Angeles, if you are trying to get across our beautiful city of, uh, of dirt, grime, and homeless, well, you want to take the freeways. Yes, there's a lot of traffic. Yes, it sucks. But it's still the fastest way to get where you're going to be because there's no stoplights. There's no uh, homeless people throwing diarrhea on you, which is a true story that happened here in town. A uh, homeless man crapped in a bucket so thoroughly that he filled it to the brim, stopped at a stoplight when a lady was sitting in her car, didn't lock her doors, That's a tip for you kids. Lock your doors, especially in Los Angeles. Pulled her door open, poured the entire bucket of diarrhea on top of her. That happened. So you want to stick to the freeways. But guess what? You can't stick to the freeways because the homeless at a homeless encampment underneath one of the major freeways, the I-10. We just call it the 10. If you're familiar with the Saturday Night Live sketch, wherever they go. You take the 5 to the 405 to the 10. Well, the 10 is the east-west through fare. The 405 is north-south. So if you're trying to get east, which many people do because downtown is east, well, you're taking the 10. Until two days ago. Because a homeless encampment under that freeway caught on fire and then spread to a lumber yard, which was under the freeway because they license out for storage for construction companies. And I can't say if this is definitively a a lumber yard or it was being used as a a storage area for people that are doing road work. Oftentimes contractors for the freeways will be given this under space to keep their goods, you know, their, their lumber, the kind of the cones and all that kind of crap. Regardless, the fire spread from a homeless encampment, and this is not something that is atypical, by the way. Most of the fire, actually, I do not even say most, every single fire we've had in Los Angeles, in uh, almost California as a whole, is from homeless encampments. They cooked out there, they're lighting up meth out there, they're doing whatever they're going to do. That then causes a fire, which spreads, because they're in brush next to the freeway, more often than not, or they're out in you know an area that's slightly wooded, and then it spreads because we have a dry climate. Every fire you've seen of these, you know, these raging fires that are leaping the freeways and you see these horrific fire photos on television and on, uh, on your news stations, those are from homeless people starting the fires. None of them are wildfire related at all. None of them are climate change related at all. But because they want to uh, dissuade you from making the connection between, oh, yeah, this terrible homeless problem, homeless people camping outside, lighting these fires that are then spreading and threatening people's private property. Well, they tell you otherwise. So we have yet another example. Of the homeless starting a fire that spreads. It caught a blaze on all of this wood that was stored into the freeway and now has made it so that the freeway itself is unusable because the fire has damaged the infrastructure, making it unsafe. This is used by I I mean, it's gotta be millions of people. I shit you not, millions of people daily going by you know back and forth on this freeway in Los Angeles, one of the busiest freeways in all of America. It is now closed indefinitely. Thank God I don't work downtown. My wife does. Now, she fortunately can take the 110, an offshoot of the 10, to get there. But should we have lived in where we used to live, in another part of town a few miles away, your only choice is the 10. Otherwise, you're on the streets. So now, because of this indefinite closure of one of the major freeways due to homelessness, we have a (laughs) entire population that's either going to have to work from home, or if not, you're going to leave two hours early to go 10 miles because you're going to be stuck in standstill, gridlock traffic, going through stoplights, going through neighborhoods, and and we don't know when it's going to be over. Apparently, Pete Booty Judge is going to fly out here and lend his assistance, to which I had quipped on Twitter, unless he is planning on flying over here, loading all the homeless into a giant you know giant plane and then flying them away. Or maybe, maybe you can build the homeless into a structure to keep the freeway up, right? Put them to work. Like ants, You've seen ants, right? They get together. They can build fantastic things. I've seen nature videos of ants building bridges. They just, you know, crawl on each other and they hold on kind of like that old monkeys and you know, barrel monkeys game. Can you get the homeless to pitch in, fix some of this, this, this horrible mess that they've caused? We could have them climb up like ants and just hold the freeway up until it's finished. Pete Booty judge flying it. What, what are you going to do, Pete? What are you going to do? The freeway is destroyed. Because of the homeless that have been allowed to run rampant all over our city, uh, they allow them to come in. They allow them to park anywhere. They allow them to create massive encampments. We're talking refugee camp type encampments here in Los Angeles. They don't move them along. They changed the uh, the a judge ruled that they could camp anywhere that was public property, which I know this is a difficult issue for libertarians, but I'm sorry. No, you cannot camp anywhere that is public property because you do not have the right to sit there if we all have a piece of this right if it's public property we all have a little sliver that we own there these fuckers don't get to camp and take all of it all the time for their garbage creating property value loss creating impasses where people can't even use that street that 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 bypass that sidewalk that whatever you want to call that nature trail anymore creating health issues this is not okay it's not okay And I'm sorry, as libertarians, I'm not going to argue that we should be defending these people's rights to sit and make other people's lives miserable and cause property damage because it's public property and somehow that makes it okay for them to simply camp on it. No, it's not okay. So they've allowed this problem to accelerate and accelerate to the point where now you have this kind of stuff happening. But it gets even juicier because at the same time, That this homeless people, this homeless encampment has caused this issue, collapsing a major freeway in our city, impacting, as I said, millions of people and their commutes, their, their basic ability to travel and get to work. At the same time, Gavin Newsom, who is responsible for much of the problems we have with homelessness and is still on record touting how he would welcome in all the homeless, right? Even though we have tens of thousands of them, this didn't used to be as big of a problem. I can tell you that for a fact. I've lived here for 20 years now. There was always homeless, but it was something like you had 10, 12,000. They were spread out through the city. Now we have over 65,000 homeless. How many of them arrived in the last five, seven years? 50,000 of them. That's a problem. That tells you that the welfare benefits, and this is also, by the way, the argument against open border systems where you have a massive welfare state. The incentives for them to come to California are so huge, and the penalties for them coming and, as I said, you know, destroying private property, stealing, which we're going to get to a story uh, momentarily about a target that is so ridiculous in regards to stealing, but the incentives for them, getting debit cards that they can use, free money, free drugs, free places to stay, free places to keep your crap, zero penalties, zero jail time, all the incentives exist for them to come here, and Gavin Newsom has doubled, tripled down on it. So isn't it interesting that he's allowed this state to become an absolute slum? And at the same time, we've been told that this is just an issue we're not going to be able to solve easily. We're not going to be able to handle it overnight. We're not going to be able to do anything about this because, you know, these people have rights and, and we have to be compassionate and we have to be good people. Well, guess what? His best buddy, Gavin Newsom's best friend, Xi Jinping, is flying over from China for a the Asia Pacific whatever summit, and I guess old Grandpa Joe's going to be flying in too to greet Jinping and to sit down and try to hash out all these problems that they're having. Now, if there's one thing, by the way, I don't want to have happen, it's Joe Biden sitting at a table with anybody that's coherent because <laughs> I don't think it's going to go well. You just imagine Biden sitting down there trying to order something. You know, he's trying to order egg rolls. He doesn't know what the fuck is happening. He's very confused. He thinks it's his Filipino maid drawing a bath. Oh, now, gee, (laughs) it's going to be too hot. I don't want it too hot. You know I got a delicate backside. All right, buddy. I mean, what's going to come of this? Nothing. But yet, seeing that all these fancy folk are coming in, old Gavin Newsom, who's told us that this is a problem that just can't be solved other than spending hundreds of millions of dollars, which is what both San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, all combined are spending, I think, over a billion dollars. And that's not even counting the amount of money you know, California on top of that spending. We're told that we have to spend all this money to address this issue while giving out all these all these massive benefits to the homeless who are just bringing more in. Meanwhile, as i said, none of this is being solved. The homeless population continues to grow. Everything is filthy, disgusting, and dangerous. Gavin Newsom goes into San Francisco. In one week, cleans out the most disgusting slums where the homeless have been taking deuces, where they've been shooting up in open air drug markets, where they've been assaulting people, where they have found dead bodies, where you've found people overdicing a regular regular basis, where they've driven all the Walgreens, all the Targets, all the Whole Foods out of the city. Oh, and Nordstrom Rack. Let's not forget Nordstrom, which had its flagship store in downtown San Francisco, has now moved because of the homeless and because of the massive shoplifting gangs of uh, homeless and and youth gangs that have come in there. Well, in one week, Gavin Newsom manages to go in there and clean them all up. They're all gone. Where do they go? I don't even know. I don't know where he put them. Maybe they're holding up our fucking freeway over here. I don't know what he did with them, but he waved his magic wand of teeth, his magic wand of, of fake veneer, teeth whitening, knocking Chinese children over, over magic wand and all the homeless disappeared and all the shit disappeared and all the open air drug use and all the violence and all the, all the youth gang camps. Well, now they're they're treating them as though they were a big problem. Why? Oh, because his buddy's coming over and because a decrepit senile man named Joe Biden is coming into town to sit down with that best buddy of this. Amazing. Now I want to play you Gavin Newsom, a little, little clip here. And this is from a Fox news uh, covering a press conference that he had done. And coincidentally, uh, Gavin Newsom, who I've always said is an evil, unapologetic piece of human garbage. Well, he, he comes across as a real unapologetic inhuman, evil piece of human garbage i know hold on let me make this bigger so you can actually see it all right so here's a little gap i know folks say oh they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town um that's true because it's true but it's also (laughs) true for months and months and months prior to apec we've been having different conversations okay good stuff Gavin. thanks so much okay so gavin just tells you tells you like it is. Yeah, yeah. We cleaned it up because there's fancy people coming into town that we want to impress. Now, let me be clear. On one level, I I respect that he's not going to try to make up some sort of nonsense Gavin-esque answer, which typically what he does is he'll throw out some bullshit stats at you. He'll say something like, "Well, you know, homelessness has fallen in uh, San Francisco by forty two percent." Now, this is probably nonsense because nobody's got the time to fact check him in real time and the liberal media has no incentive the incentive doesn't exist for them to fact check him frankly they want access they're not going to stop and question him in the middle of his press conference they're not going to tell him that it's it's horseshit but newsom tells you to your face oh yeah it's because these people are coming in yeah we cleaned it up because we don't want to be embarrassed which gives you two clear things number one They have the ability to clean up the city, to make it nice, to keep to keep order, which is what they're supposed to be doing, right? We're told that this massive state structure that we are paying for, that we're being taxed for. In California, by the way, some of the highest taxes of anywhere in the country, not only your property taxes, not only your income taxes, your payroll taxes, but on top of that, your sales tax is over 10%. We're being taxed out the ass. To live in cities like San Francisco and Los Angeles, where we're told this is to make our our place brighter and happier, right? But really what the money goes towards is slush funds, which is what manages our quote unquote homeless problem, uh, a.k.a. agencies that don't have to account for anything. I think one of them actually got sued because they were given something like $40 million and have absolutely nothing to show for it. But they use them as slush funds to pay off their their pals, their cronies, uh, to, to give them an excuse to not solve the problem because simply throwing money towards some organization that doesn't solve it looks like you're doing something. But we're being told that we have to do all this. And in addition to paying for this massive state structure of police, of hospital workers, of everything else that we're funding here to take care of the homeless and to keep law and order. Meanwhile, they're doing none of that until somebody comes to town that matters. So it's very clear that they're lying to us insofar as what they can do and, and, and the promise that we have uh, taken here to keep us safe and to protect our private property rights and protect our property values. And it makes it very clear that they're embarrassed over the state of these cities. That Gavin Newsom, despite all the things, all his commercials that he runs on television, right, attacking other states, attacking you know Florida and Ron DeSantis, for not being free, for, for, you know, taking advantage of his constituents, for letting the people down that are in his state. Okay. Well, guess what? It turns out here that it's very obvious you're embarrassed about the city of San Francisco, which is where you were fucking mayor before you became governor, somehow fails up. Cause that's what you do when you're a leftist politician in California. You fucking fail up. You can't stop failing up. But this fucker is embarrassed at how disgusting the city that he's supposedly the king of looks and is factually when you when you set foot in it you got to watch where you step they've got people literally paid to pick up human shit in that city so we got to clean it up now cuz cuz you know china joe's coming over unbelievable man unbelievable but should be a wake up call right it should be a wake up call to people that live in san francisco maybe for once to see the con that they're being fed. Now I've been I, I'm trying to make this show as well as complaining about things, right? And we'll see how much of the libertarian strategy I, I talk about here on the show, because um, you know obviously some that you want to keep close to the vest. But I will tell you one thing that's kind of off the off to the side, which is just a I think the real solution to homelessness, which is to bring back apprenticeship programs and to bring back asylums. You have to have them. And as a libertarian, it's hard to say, well, there should be a place that you should be put forcibly if you are deemed to be mentally inadequate. But I don't know what to do. I mean, there there is a a real problem here in Los Angeles, in San Francisco with homeless people who are frankly insane. I mean, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. They are steeply schizophrenic many times. They have uh, deep bipolar disorders. Many of them are very violent. Now, some of this is from drug abuse which you can treat, which is another reason to get rid of the drug war, bring it out in the open, stop giving these people drugs and sending them on their way without actually giving them any help. Cause there's, there's no conditions to any of this stuff uh, that exists currently, but opening it up so that it's out in the, it's out in the air, right? You can now have the quality testing. You can now have open source help for people. You can now have people that are, can get assistance and not simply be pushed away into the shadows. And also if it's not just these open air drug dealings, right? Well, no, no, if you want to get your drugs, well, you have, you have the option to go to a real store. You have the option to stay over there. Maybe you want to get a job to make money to get the better drugs. I mean, there are incentives here. Let's not forget. But also, it's one of those things where you go, okay, the, the homeless here, they give them money, they give them food, they give them shelter, they give them places to, to keep all their crap. Why would they not just stay homeless? There's not really a, an incentive there for them. And for those that do want to get back on their feet, okay, well, you can, you, know, you can go ahead and do that. But the fact that we have so many tens of thousands that don't shows you that that isn't working. And I've always thought that one of the boundaries to people that do want to get help, number one, again, war on drugs, number two, as I said, a lot of these people are insane and need actual psychiatric help, which there has to be, so there has to be a place to put these people. If you are a danger to yourself and others, and I know I it's hard because you don't want to give people the power, especially state power, to say you are fat you, you are insane or not based upon these criteria, but there has to be some point, just like the criminals. I mean, yes, we still have jails under libertarian law. You still have people that that have to be put away that are violent, you know, killers, um, especially if you oppose the death penalty. Otherwise, it's just an eye for an eye, right? Which is not a, a great system under which to live. So there has to be some place to put the the insane. But on top of that, I always thought it would be more interesting and solve a number one, an issue of housing. Number two, an issue of getting back on track, because if you're homeless, a lot of the times an issue that can crop up is that you don't have experience, right? You have a gap in your resume where you've just been cracked out. You have no proof that you can hold down a job. You have nowhere to get cleaned up uh, and you have no program that you're in that's going to keep you on that track. And I always thought that bringing back the concept of apprenticeship, which goes against, of course, our retarded minimum wage laws and the concept of minimum wage laws here, is that these homeless people could work under, let's say, a corporation like McDonald's. Even though California is trying to, with their minimum wage agreements, legislate out fast food workers jobs because they want to pay them $20 an hour. This has been agreed upon, which means it's just going to go to robotics. By the way, I've invested in Miso Robotics, just letting you know, MISO. That's the company I bought into. They, do, they make robots to flip burgers and, and that kind of stuff. But if you have an, if you have an apprenticeship program now, right, let's say you're McDonald's, you've got the money, you can buy up corporate housing, especially now that there's, there's so many buildings that are kind of empty. You're getting more people coming back to work, but you have the money, you have the space. Now you offer a program. It's great PR. It's cheap labor. You say, if you want to, Come and be part of this program. All right, you you get drug tested. You're on the straight now. You live in our dorms. We're going to give you three dollars an hour, but we'll also give you a uniform. You can you know you get discounted or free food. Maybe you have a cafeteria in there. You allow these people to work very cheaply until they build up the proof that they can work consistently, they can stay clean, that they can live in an environment with others. Right, and you have it. You have security. You have hard rules. This is a contract you would sign, right? This is a private club, essentially, that you're entering into. And now you have an apprenticeship system apprenticeship, apprenticeship system wherein they can get back into the workforce, right? And you have a built-in structure where they can now move up within your company or they can leave, but they've got at least the proof that they can do it. They've gotten clean, they have a place to stay, a place to wash. And if they use drugs or whatever else, you kick them out. You're out of the program. Goodbye. But there should be enough people that would take advantage of that to get back on track. Well, at least we can cross it off the list and say, if if you want it, it's there, right? And we're going to make it as easy as possible for you. And I prefer that manner of privatized, incentivized uh, offering to take care of the homeless. Of course, I guarantee it'll never happen because it's not in the best interest of the state. Okay, moving on. Enough talk about uh, Gavin there. I do want to talk about, uh, as I mentioned this real quick, I did a a good morning, you know, fuckhead rant on it this week, but in brief, there is a target in California, right? Because of course, where, as you know, we have the laws that essentially make any theft under something like $940, a misdemeanor. So. That's why you have these massive groups of like black youth that come in and coordinate attacks on stores where they just come in, rob it blind in a mob, and then all run away. Right. Because each one of them, if unless it's added to 950, you know, you are not gonna get caught. And number one, so that's that's the first factor. And the homeless thing, too, they go in, they shoplift constantly. And that's why the Walgreens have all left and the as I mentioned, you know, targets and CVSs have all fled San Francisco. The police have basically given up on trying to go after these people anyway. Very rarely does anybody get caught. And you now have stores telling their employees not to stop them because they're now more liable if you tackle somebody that's stealing $700 worth of stuff. Well, now you're more liable. The the, the criminal has more rights than you do, essentially, to try to protect your private property. So they tell them not to bother. So this Target in California... And I'm not sure exactly how this got leaked out, but this target in California was upset because they were working with the sheriff's department to stop this massive amount of theft, right? The target had said, look, we're getting destroyed. The people that manage the target said, we're getting destroyed. We're getting robbed blind by these people all the time. We need help. Can we set up some operation to try to try to nip this in the bud, at least to make some public point that you cannot do this anymore. We're going to stop you. So they work with the local sheriff's department they say, okay, we're going to set up this, this kind of sting, I guess, to make sure next time they come in, we're going to get them. So target corporate target says, well, hold on there. Hold on. We don't know if we want that because I mean the public relations aspect of it. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, these people are coming in and stealing all our crap and endangering our customers and making them feel unsafe. And You know, impacting our bottom line, making the manager look bad. But you know what? We don't want you to arrest these people in the store. Can you take them outside? Can you put them, and I guess it was raining. This is like a weird aspect of the story. I guess it was raining. Can you put, can you take them out back and and handcuff them there in the rain? Because we don't want a spectacle. We don't want this to go viral on social media. Now, this is stupid as all hell. This shows you how stupid corporate public relations departments are, how little they comprehend the public, what the what the public actually wants, what is important to people, and instead of simply led you know, more leaned into this leftist imbecilic ideology of we gotta always side with the criminal, which seems to be the way the left is thinking now all the time 24-7. To be determined if that ever actually comes out in in people's voting habits, but your rights to defend yourself, your property, especially in states like California, New York, <laughs> New York, where a guy stops a woman from getting robbed in the subway and pulls a gun out and the guy gets arrested because, you know, in New York, the gun laws and the permit laws, which I thought were struck down, but I guess it's still in litigation. And then the lady, this, this is why leftism is a mental disorder. The lady is, you know, given an interview with the local paper and she goes, well, you know, I just, why did he have to use a gun? He would have been more of a hero if he didn't have to use a gun. It's like, fuck you, you dumb shit. Mental disease, mental disorder is what that is. At all times, he saved you from being number one mugged, maybe murdered, maybe raped. We don't know, but he stopped it. He's the bad guy. Couldn't he have done it a little nicer? I mean, who knows the circumstances of this mugger? He he might've been lonely. He might've made money to give to his grandfather. So anyway, this fucking target, instead of leaning into, what they should do is lean into the fact that you are working with a sheriff's department, working with law enforcement to stop people from robbing your stores, from terrifying your customers and tell them, hey guys, guess what? Of all the targets that are getting robbed all the time by violent criminals, you're safe here. We're going to make it safe. We're working with law enforcement to make it safe, make you feel safe. You can bring your family here. We're not going to have homeless, drug addicts, psychopaths, youth gangs, whatever it might be, coming in and robbing the joint. Guess what? We're going to make it safe for you. That's the message that you want to be sending out there. But these idiots go the opposite way. They're ashamed of that. Because, you know, it might look bad if you stop a crackhead from stealing. That's where we're at as a society. unbelievable. Okay. Let's move on here. A couple things in the more uh, broad political sphere. I want to talk real quick about this interaction between, uh, well, I'll I'll talk in general. I didn't watch the full debate between, you know, the GFP debate. I usually read the transcript. So I've just kind of been perusing that again, mostly boring, but the highlight of course was Vivek Ramaswamy who, you know, it's funny. People were saying would he, should he run for libertarian, Number one, would he get the nomination? Do we think he's going to? I don't know. I think he actually, at this point in time, I think it might not be a bad idea for him to do it, but that's only under the contingency that he's not the VP. And I still think he's going to be. I think everything that he's doing kind of leans into that. But I'm on record, by the way, I said this, I called this six months ago. So we'll see. If he doesn't get the vice presidency, it would not surprise me whatsoever if he pivoted and joined the libertarian race. I think it's probably a ninety percent chance, but Ramaswamy had had some interesting interactions. I almost named this episode "Your Scum" because during the debate, Ramaswamy had uh, mentioned because all these people are kind of hawkish on China, right? Nikki Haley and DeSantis—they're all China hawks. So at one point, they're talking about TikTok and China, and they're saying, "Well, we ban TikTok. We can't allow these Chinese to steal our data." And Ramaswamy had gone after Nikki Haley. Of course he hates and she hates him and saying, well, your daughter's on TikTok. So Nikki Haley, of course, gets all up and all pearl clutchy and, you know, How, keep my, keep my daughter's name out of your mouth. So just <laughs> like, Nikki, stop watching the Real Housewives. Stop watching the Oscars with Will Smith uh, smacking Chris Rock. Cause and she didn't even pull it off. She messed up the line, but she goes, you're scum you scum, which is hilarious. It's hilarious coming from somebody that is legitimately, truly the scum of the earth. Hellspawn sent from down below to ruin lives, to kill the innocent, and to attack your basic civil liberties. So let me just say, I loved Ramaswamy calling her out for being basically, as he said, broke at the UN, leaving the United Nations with debt because at the United Nations, you don't have a chance to make millions and millions of dollars as a shill. And then goes out and joins the, I think it was Boeing's uh, board, is just a shill for the military-industrial complex, and now is a multimillionaire. Isn't it fascinating how that happens? So I love that he called her out for that as the piece of garbage she is. But it gets even better, because Nikki Haley did an interview on Fox News, which I'll share right now with you guys. Let me make this big. Hold on, sorry. I'm queuing it up. When you get in office, you're not getting to office, you fucking hag. So this is where she wants to take it. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's first of all, it's a national security threat when you do that. All of a sudden, people have to stand by what they say, and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability, and they know their pastor and their family mm-hmm. members going to see it. It's going to help our kids, and it's going to help our country. Get- All right. So sorry, I'll close that. Okay. So there you go. Nikki Haley's on record when she gets in office. Uh, She's not get, not get in office, Nikki, but she wants to. Make it so everybody has to have a verified name for their online social media account. Because, you know, that way you'll be more polite and civil and your pastor will see it and your wife will see it. Okay, Nikki, what you're calling for is actually for outright government ability to censor, to track you, to put you on a watch list, to know who the quote-unquote enemies of the state are. That's why you want to do that. All right, is there any doubt, especially with her harumping about Israel and Palestine? So let's not forget that we already had to battle back against censorship from the United Nations, I'm sorry, the European Union, which wanted to have social media companies censor anybody that is out there talking about Israel or Palestine and happen to be on the Palestinian side, right? They want to counter all Palestinian disinformation. So when you got people like Nikki Haley out there that are harrying for this, you know, Israel cause and, and Israel can do no wrong and let's give them all the money and all the weapons as she's been on record saying anything they need, right? That's we're on the hook to give them that. Well, now she wants to have your social media profiles associated with your name. Well, we've already seen what's happened with pieces of human garbage, like uh, that Harvard University that drove trucks up outside of people's houses with their pictures on it, calling them anti-Semites because they dared to have a a name associated with a social media profile that happened to post something that was in defense of Palestine. Now, you could say, well, Brian... That's just they're, you know, you're, they're using their free speech right, and they're using their anti free speech right. They're doing well. No, that's that's harassment is what it is. So this would usher in a brand new era of harassment of doxing, but also on the bigger part of this, you already have people that are calling for like oh God. It wasn't Nikki Haley. It was somebody else. Uh, Hoch- Hochul in New York, the the governor of New York already threatening to have a new bill, a new law put into place where they will come to your house if you post quote-unquote hate speech on social media. So, you know, one way around that is to have an anonymous account so that you can post things without fear of the government identifying it as quote-unquote hate speech, which as we know, completely subjective. Whoever defines hate is the person that has the power to define hate under whatever laws they want to make up, whatever uh, bullshit academic definition they want to use. But of course, typically aligns with those who are seeking power and want to keep other people's down as far as their opinions, as far as their uh, ability to express themselves, that's quote-unquote hate, right? As defined by the state, the universities, etc. You had a recent issue where a high school had a sign that said, stop white hate outside of it. Stop white hate. Now that can either mean you stop white people from hating or stop hating white people. Both of which, by the way, good sentiments to me doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with it well guess what that was labeled hate speech that was labeled hate speech they sent a whole email out to this to the the students and the parents saying how this was abominable this is just not okay really stop white hate that's hate speech you see where i'm going with this So Nikki Haley trying to demand that everybody's has a verified profile simply means that now they want to be able to track you, to go to your house, to sick law enforcement on you, to monitor everybody's sentiment all the time as far as how they feel about the issues of the day and hold you accountable, right? Accountability. The only accountability the state wants, needs, or defines is the accountability that it will hold you to when it comes to kick your fucking ass. That's what Nikki Haley wants. She is a piece of shit. All right, last thing here, and we'll wrap it on up. Got some stuff I got to do, is that, perplexingly, uh, <laughs> Dan Crenshaw, and this is shared by uh, our friends over at Good Morning Liberty, uh, good people here I'll share it on here. I'll probably uh, I'll probably do this on wars too. Sorry by the way, we had to skip meores last week guys. I apologize for that. We had um, we had too much going on, but probably use this on wars. but it's got a picture Dan Crenshaw shared this he he made this meme himself. Oh one-eyed Dan says America would not be here without Israel u s Representative Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> Now, I hope you made it to this point in the show because <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack some things here. Number one, this seems like Dan Crenshaw is uh, defending Israel, right? But one could also twist this and say Dan Crenshaw is being very anti-Semitic, very racist, or uh, I guess the, Jewish, the Jews call themselves a race. I call them a religion. But um, I would say, if anything, this is kind of leaning into the conspiracy, right? If this is true, Let's take that, that this is a true statement, that America would not be here without Israel, right? which on its face seems like the one of the most unbelievably stupid things I've ever heard. So let's go and steel man this from Dan Crenshaw's point of view, which I think involves having to be a little bit uh, leaning into the stereotype that Jews control the banking. Because if you're Dan Crenshaw making a defense of Israel as the reason America's here, well, I have to say, well, that probably would mean that um, a lot of the uh, Israelis had gotten into banking since the Federal Reserve is propping us up. And has basically kept America alive through a manipulation of our currency, a decoupling from the gold standard, a uh, deep and intricate association with world banks across the entire nation or across the entire globe for which we are funneling money and reallocating wealth. And that America would pretty much crawl up into a ball and die if the powers that be didn't continuously pump these, these funds out there to keep our military working, to keep our all of our idiotic welfare and social programs that are obviously uh, doing far more to harm our country than to save it, operating, and to pay for our massive bloated monstrosity that is the U.S. government. So in a way, isn't Dan arguing that the Jews control banking and that banking is what's keeping America afloat and a.k.a. that's why Israel's <laughs> keeping America going? <laughs> I, I know I'm going a little bit far here, but I just think it's kind of a funny thing to say. So uh, let's give Dad credit, I guess, for calling it out. <laughs> but otherwise, what the fuck is he talking about? America? Uh, under what possible argument could America not exist if Israel was not a thing? I- I'm sorry. Israel is our number one cyber threat, right? They're our number one spying threat. This is from recent reports that they had done into... Uh, the number of times we've been hacked, and by who, and also the number of spies that are embedded in steel information. Both of them are Israel. So they're not a friend in that regard. They don't have a military that is going to come and support us in any way, shape, or form, or defend us. They don't lend us money, as as I said, unless you're going by the definition that Jews control banking, uh, (laughs) then I don't see how Israel financially supports us. They don't seem to stop any of the terror that's going on, right? In fact, you could argue that they are making it worse by the actions in Gaza creating more terrorists by virtue of bombing indiscriminately and murdering women, children, and civilians. You can't argue that somehow they've made us stronger at home through any sort of technological advancements. So I don't get it. How would America not be here without Israel? I just don't get it because America's is he saying America is a purely Christian nation? And because of the affiliation with Jerusalem, that that's why, because America was founded on a religious basis and without the Jerusalem and without Jesus, is, is that is that the, the connection Dan Crenshaw's trying to make here with this stupid shit? I I've never seen something that is more indefensibly moronic than this statement. I'm really trying to steal a minute and I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. I think maybe his maybe he got an infection in his missing eye and it's kind of worked its way through to his brain and and that's where we're at. Dan Crenshaw. Biden in training. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. If you can think of it as a sort of defense for Dan Crenshaw's statement, please do tweet it at me, at Brian McWilliams. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, uh, at Lions of Liberty. Hit that subscribe button on the podcast. If you're following on YouTube or Rumble, please hit the notifications. We are brutally shadow banned on YouTube and have been for probably seven years. So unless you hit the bell, you will not see it. Yes, you and the other 6,500 subscribers on there rarely see it unless you hit notify because it will not allow you to see it. So go ahead and do that. Otherwise, guys, thank you for listening. Tell everybody out the show, share this information and content and stay strong. I have been Brian McWilliams. This is the Lions Liberty Network and Mean Age Daydream. Keep those electric eyes on me, babe. And keep that ray gun. Oh, I hit my desk. That's annoying. To my head. Bye-bye.